Welcome to PDPW's podcast. Here's Bill Baker. It seems like in life we always want the easy answers, the responses that won't cost us much. But that's not the case when you're needed as a leader, particularly in a crisis situation. As we hear from servant leadership trainer Tom Thibodeau, every one of us has the capacity to lead in a crisis. And today, Tom shares three steps to help become a better leader in this week's podcast titled Leading in Crisis. Like everyone who's listening today, I've been disturbed as to what I see happening in Ukraine. I've been concerned by Russian aggression about innocent people being attacked. And of course, those of us in our country can remember back to September 11th, 2001, in which this nation was attacked. And over 3,000 of our fellow citizens, fellow human beings, were killed in needless acts of terror as the Twin Towers fell in New York City. It was amazing during that time of when people, again, came together. I was amazed when I watched um, guys who had gotten in their trucks and drove immediately from Ohio to New York City. Iron workers whose fathers had helped to build the Twin Towers were now ready to do whatever they could to rescue people, to go through the rubble police officers, firefighters, ordinary citizens, the number of people that were evacuated from Manhattan by people who came down in boats from as far as Boston who got people off the island. Of course, at that time, we had no idea would there be another strike, what kind of terror had been unleashed, what kind of fear we are all experiencing. If we remember back about three days after 9-11, um, our whole Congress was on the steps of the Congress, praying together for peace, showing a level of solidarity and strength in ads across the country. You would see on a barn in Kansas, we are all New Yorkers. And once again, we find ourselves coming together in a moment of crisis. In the Chinese, crisis stands for both danger and opportunity. Certainly, there are grave dangers that are being un- unleashed but also there are moments of opportunity, moments for courage and character, moments for good people to step forward, to make sacrifices on behalf of the lives of others, just like our parents and grandparents did during World War II. Roosevelt said to farmers, plow to the fence for civil defense, and they did, feeding our troops, making all kinds of personal sacrifices so that our Troops would be well-fed, cared for, and equipped. People went to work who had never worked before in terms of manufacturing planes and tanks and what was ever needed to defend this nation. Now is our turn. Well, at 9-11, New York Times sent reporters out to find the CEOs whose businesses were doing business in the Twin Towers to see what they had learned from that experience of going through a crisis. Of course, nobody in, in their advanced education studies or takes crisis seriously. Well, that could never happen to us until, well, finally it does. And all of us feel crisis moments in our life. When a family member is diagnosed with a terminal illness, I look and 
watching what took place in Winterset, Iowa, where a tornado ripped through and tore down barns and houses in a small rural town in Iowa. A crisis that never anticipated. How do we now rebuild? The crisis that comes because of forest fires in the West or floods in the South. They kind of, when they rise up, and now we're confronted, and the community has to come together. What kind of leadership is needed in crisis? And as the reporters in New York Times talked with leaders in the businesses at that time, here are four themes that emerged that I think can serve us well today. Number one, leading through crisis, the leader must stay calm. The leader must stay calm. Leadership sets a tone. This is no time for overreaction. This is no time in which a leader can allow their own personal feelings to erupt. This is a time where leaders need to be steady. They need to be moderate. They need to be thoughtful. Every word counts. We are watching our leaders at this moment. Those of you who might have had an accident, you know, when the EMTs show up, what are they doing? They're paying attention. They're diagnosing. They're listening to what's taking place. They don't allow their emotions, no matter how terrible the scene is, to override their ability to care for other people. It happens in emergency rooms each and every day. Leadership sets a tone. And what happens right now is that we need leaders who are not anxious, not only in our communities, but in our homes. Everything that we're watching and observing our children are watching and observing. I teach in my college classroom. I ask students how they are being affected. They're talking about the uncertainty of the world that they are going to enter into just in six weeks from now when they all graduate. They're worried about the, the effects of the war. They're worried about the price of gas and how they're going to pay for food as well as finding a job which will pay enough to help offset their college loans. In the midst of that uncertainty, they're looking to their teachers, adults like myself, or like yourselves, they have a non-anxious presence. We've gotten, before, we've gotten through crisis before, we'll get through it now. We have to draw upon our own internal resources to help carry the spirits of others. The second lesson that they learned in, from 9-11 is tell the truth. This is difficult. Don't tell people what they want to hear. Tell people the truth. We are going to be disrupted. Prices are going up. The prices of our food, the prices of our fuel, the prices that we will pay because we will not participate in the Russian economy any longer. We can't afford to. It's a moral choice. What are we willing to sacrifice for peace? In a, we're always interested in easy answers. We're always interested in responses that won't cost us anything. But a leader has to tell the truth. Think of the number of oncologists today who will sit down with a family and give results of cancer tests and have to tell a family or a family member that they might have as many as three months to live. That's not what the family wants to hear. That's what they need to hear so there can be healing. Leadership needs to speak the truth. And sometimes the truth isn't pleasant. 
Sometimes the truth is difficult. Sometimes the truth is demanding. But leaders need to have the courage to speak the truth and tell us what will be demanded of us. Third, what they learned is put people first. Because all the cell towers were knocked out in New York City and people were scrambling to trying to find their loved ones after what they saw happening on television, companies and CEOs set up cell tower reception in Arizona. They freed up cell space and gave out numbers so that family members had some place to call and were able to get through. In the midst of all that anxiety and horror, everybody needed someone to talk to, and they realized they had to find their people, people before business. Let's put people first. Two million people have already left Ukraine. Two million of our brothers and sisters, mostly women and children, who need blankets and food and a safe place to spend the night. And what have we seen is our brothers and sisters in Poland, Romania, Latvia, opening up gyms and community centers, finding quiet, safe, warm places for people to lie down finding toys for children to be able to play in the course of a day because they're so fear, fearful. The importance of people first. People need to be fed. People need warm clothes. People need to be protected and respected. People first. Red Cross. Doctors Without Frontiers. Ordinary people going to help the survivors in Ukraine right now. It is extraordinary what we're seeing. Our people first. And what is it we understand about human beings? We have the capacity to make sacrifices for the good of others. Think of the number of times you have might participated in maybe a GoFundMe page. How many times have you participated in a raffle in order to help bring relief to a family because of cancer treatments? How many times in rural America have you seen people harvest their neighbor's corn after their neighbor had had a heart attack? People before business. Easy to say, difficult to do. And finally, what they recognized if they were going to lead through crisis, and they need to get people back to work, need to get people back engaged. Why is that so terribly important? Because boredom creates levels of anxiety. All of us need meaningful work. What happens in the workplace is not only what we create, not only what we contribute, but it's where we find our social life. Oftentimes, our, our, our co-workers are some of our best friends. Oftentimes, it's the workplace that provides health care, and insurances that we could not pay for on our own. Good people doing good work helps us get through difficult situations, focusing on not what I can't do at this moment, but what can I do to build peace, to create kindness, to reach out with compassion to people in my own neighborhoods, in all of our communities across the country. 
We have neighbors that are suffering from homelessness because of hard travels, maybe poor decisions. They have lack of affordable housing. We find a number of people who are not sheltered. Well, in one city in Poland, they took in 60,000 refugees in one day. 60,000 people. And they provided places for them to stay, enough to eat, and sanctuary. What they have communicated to us is what is possible in difficult moments. This is what gives us hope. Augustine in the 4th century said this, Hope has two daughters, anger and courage. We must be angry with the injustice of war, angry with the unjustified attacks on innocent people, and at the same time, we must have the courage to respond, the courage to be compassionate, the courage to be prayerful and thoughtful of our Ukrainian brothers and sisters, as well as all the people who are serving refugees. Now is the time that we reflect the character of our nation, the sacrifices of our elders, and our commitment to justice and peace every day. Each of us has the capacity to lead in times of crisis. Each of us needs to stay calm, tell the truth, put people first, and when possible, Let's get back to work for the greater good. Good work, hard work, noble work, our work. Blessed are the peacemakers. You know, Bill, these are difficult times. But isn't it amazing how good people step up in difficult times, join with their family and friends and complete strangers, and say, the world becomes a better place. Because we are better, we are committed to making it better for our people we do not even know, but especially for the generations who will follow us. Our thanks to Tom Thibodeau for today's message. Tom, a distinguished professor of servant leadership at Viterbo University. And for archived podcasts and more on-demand programs, and for more on the professional development for today's dairy producer, head to PDPW's free website at pdpw.org. Until next time, have a safe and productive week.